This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Of course, your calls make the show, if you make them. Otherwise, we'll talk about things interesting to us. And uh, maybe tonight we'll finish uh, or work on the 50 things that every 18-year-old should know. We started that last night. Uh, I really enjoyed that. But first, but first... An update on what happened today, because we've been talking it up all week as, uh, of course, if you've listened to the show before, you know that we're all Free State Project members. We moved to New Hampshire a few years back as part of the Free State Project in order to, to be activists for liberty. Uh, all in one place and gather as many people together who are of like mind to do the same thing. And so we're talking about how today uh, there's a there was a big activist opportunity here in Keene as uh, a few of the Liberty folk up here were on trial or were going to be put on trial for one of them uh, for assembly without a permit for organizing an event that the public was it was in public on a pub piece of public property and the public was encouraged to attend. Uh, he was going to be on trial. And then Andrew Carroll, who's another activist up here, moved out from California, was arrested in January for holding a piece of marijuana in his hand in, well, actually the same place as the uh, the other public event. So both of those uh, gentlemen were going to be on trial today, and there was going to be a protest prior to the trials in support of our friend and co-host Sam. And I've been suggest it has been suggested that I not call him a documentarian because that might confuse people into thinking that he. I guess, Courier's Documents or something like that. Uh, he's what? a filmmaker. <laughs> filmmaker, Sam, uh, is in jail and has been there for now uh, over two weeks. And so this was a protest that was kind of intended to keep him in the uh, in people's thoughts and bring bring his case, you know, let them know that we still care about our friend who's, uh, who's, who's in jail. So it went down today, and Mark, you surprised me by showing up. Yep, I showed up. I just wanted to, you know, see what things things were going to be like. Yeah, and I would say that today was uh, a mixed bag with mostly positive results. I mean, all things considered, anytime the government people are contacting you, your time is going to be wasted. I mean, at the very, very least, even if you come out of the the conflict, which it's their, them that's, uh, be, you know, they're starting the conflict with you, presuming you haven't har- harmed anybody, and neither of these two gentlemen had harmed anyone. There was no victim uh, in either of these crimes. Uh, so whenever the government comes into contact with you, you're going to lose. You cannot win, because bureaucrats will at the very least suck away your time. Perfect example, Mike Barsky, the guy who was uh, being attacked for organizing a festival without a permit, was told before the trial, just immediately before the trial, that they're dropping the charge. So you could say, yeah, right, Mike won. Well, he won in that he didn't have to go to jail. He drove here from, what, Manchester or wherever yeah. he lives. Uh, so, and you know. he spent time preparing for a case. Yeah. He spent time preparing himself. And it, it, let me tell you, when you've got court the next morning... Yeah. It's not an easy uh, feeling on your stomach. Right, and you're living into the future in a very big way yeah. at that point. Rather than uh, you know being present in your life and doing and you going about your business, you're worried about what's going on for weeks in advance. Right. So he was prepared. He had notes and everything. And then moments before the trials, they said, "Up, oh, we're not. We're going to drop the charge." We looked at the code, and it said that it's, you can use the area as long as it's not an exclusive use. So we determined that we're not going to charge you. Right. 
So Mike Barsky, that was put aside, obviously. I mean, that's as good a news as you can get, right? Yep. And then uh, Andrew Carroll's trial started well, for let, the marijuana position. Before yes. you go on, uh, there was uh, I don't know if there was filming allowed in the hallway, but there was definitely filming allowed at the uh, in the trial. That's and, another sort of win, right? They've right. Uh, they've started allowing cameras back into the courtroom now, which is a, you know, that's a good sign. Seems to be things are moving in the right direction there. I agree. I mean uh, that 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 was you know by and large one of the reasons that I was there. I mean obviously uh, it seemed to me that Andrew Carroll had possessed marijuana and he was likely to get found guilty of possessing marijuana. Yes. Um, so that was his plan, pretty much. Yeah, and uh, I, I was saddened to see that there was going to be no jury at this trial. It was my understanding that uh, any case over twenty dollars, uh, jury could it would, should be convened for if if the uh, um, defendant wanted that. However, we don't really follow that whole Constitution thing anymore. The courts just don't even bother with it. As a matter of fact, Andrew made several constitutional arguments that uh, were, were summarily rejected. Yeah, pretty much. So, let's see, what else happened today? Uh, so then there was Andrew's trial, uh, Mike Barsky dismissed, 40-plus activists, I would say, uh, showed up. I'd say around 40 people showed up for this, and uh, there was probably about 30 people there for the protest beforehand, lots of signs about drug legalization and get you know release my friend from jail that sort of thing lots of people on the side of the road a whole bunch of honks yeah a lot of people were watching too um there was you know certainly there was act you know people were interested in the activity they didn't know what was going on exactly some people certainly know because there was a lot of there have been there has been discussion there have been news articles uh, front page news articles covering this and if you go by the opinions of the people that post on the comment section, for instance, on the local newspaper's website, or post some of the comments over at freekeen.com, which is a blog site that, that tracks some of the things that are going on up here, then you would believe that a lot of people are very upset about this activism, that people are they're angry uh, at, uh, the, at the, the free staters and the liberty activists, and that was not the response in person today. The response in person was overwhelmingly positive. Uh, as Dave Ridley reported at RidleyReport.com, he did not have one negative uh, comment from any uh, passers-by. And so they would have you believe, those who are the supporters of the state, those who are supporters of authoritarianism, would have you believe that it's the activists that are stirring it up. Right. That we're doing publicity stunts and things like that, right? They'll call. They'll look at an activist like Sam, our friend, who went into the court lobby with a video camera, and they'll say, "Well, see, he was trying to get arrested. He was trying to pull a stunt, or whatever." They're they're essentially saying it's all our fault. What is happening to us? But what happened today was an example of exactly what should happen. No issue was made in in the lobby. Cameras were allowed into the courtroom, and everything was everything went smoothly. There yeah. was no conflict in the lobby right. today. Right, and, and this is... Because they let us in. This is one of the big complaints um, that about you know our judicial system. It's supposed to be a system of laws, right? Not a system of men. However, it is a system of men, not a system of laws, because there's so many laws that they tend to conflict with each other. And in this particular case, there was no law about having uh, cameras in the court, or in, in the, uh, court lobby. And they locked Sam up for disorderly conduct. So that it's arbitrary. And, you know, also I'd like to to point out that uh, many people didn't stand for the judge and uh, there was no problem with it this time. But they were going to lock lock liberty activists up in mass at your court case for not standing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they let you bring video cameras in. No questions asked. No issues today. But well, there were two people. Sam's still in jail for that very reason. Two people filed motions to bring the cameras in. So the cameras granted. 
The motions were granted. But as Sam has pointed out, if you have a right, and the freedom of the press is supposed to be a right in America, if you have a right, then you don't have to beg permission in order to exercise that right. And so the people that were allowed to bring cameras in today were the two people that did beg permission in order to do so. So the First Amendment is still not really in effect in this particular courtroom. And if somebody had tried to record in the lobby area, there's a good chance they would have been arrested. But nobody did try to record. There were uh, law enforcement officers aplenty. They had called in extra bailiffs today from other courts, from what I I understood. Mm -hmm. So the reason why nobody tried recording in the lobby today was... Well, maybe coincidental, maybe just everybody just decided that since the judge was allowing some cameras into the courtroom, they would go ahead and not allow, first, record in the lobby. That was the first uh, problem in, in the very beginning. The, the lobby recording wasn't really going on until the judge didn't allow cameras in the courtroom. Mm, well, okay, but it, that was a coincidence. Um, because even if the judge had been allowing cameras in the courtroom, there were a couple of instances where Sam and I had gone in when they were coming after me and I was filing some paperwork in the case. I wanted to have Sam with me to record me filing that paperwork at that lobby window, which is a public court lobby. This is where they're arresting people. Yeah, but this people. wasn't before a court case for a free stater, and that's when it happens. No, it w- they wanted us to not have that camera there at that time. They ordered Sam to turn the camera off both times that we went in there. I've got video footage of it. Okay. You can see the bureaucrat wobble on out of his office and uh, demand that Sam turn the camera off. Even though we weren't there for a trial, we were just there to file paperwork. So there's still a camera ban, from what I can tell, in that court lobby. And, you know, this may be made an issue down the line. But what happened with Andrew's trial for the marijuana possession? We'll get to that here in moments. You can call about whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial in and bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features, we give them away. Now, they include live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Now, that's the only way for you to get the free book is go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, and they've got all kinds of things over there. So, uh, a relatively successful day, all things considered, for the activists here in the Keene, New Hampshire area where one of the activists who was being charged with assembly without a permit, charges were dropped in that particular case, and the prosecutor basically admitted that they couldn't really do anything if we assemble in the future. So hopefully they won't be messing with our freedom tests anymore, which would be nice. And uh, they also then tried our friend uh, Andrew Carroll, who had held a piece of marijuana in his hand back in January. Cannabis Culture magazine did a feature article on him. They uh, featured... Andrew's own writing in Cannabis Culture, which is great. Uh, Mark Emery and his wife over there, Jody, up in Canada, doing great work. And so so Andrew uh, appeared at his trial today. About 40 people turned out to show their support for him, which is great. I think it's awesome that uh, we have enough activists up here in New Hampshire to where, in the middle of the day, 40 people have enough time, enough free time to, in many cases, travel across the state uh, to come here and support somebody who is standing up for their freedom. 
And that's what Andrew was doing by standing and holding Standing up for everyone's freedom. Exactly. Even if you don't smoke marijuana, he's still standing up for freedom in general, the ability to be able to control your own body. I mean, do you own yourself? Because if you own yourself, then you should have the ability to put whatever it is that you choose inside it. And so they put Andrew on trial, and you were there for this uh, today, Mark. So mm-hmm. you, you, you left partway through the trial, though. Is that right? I did. My uh, meter was running out. I, yeah. You know, I, was, uh, I, I felt like I'd seen everything there was to see. He did, he did a good job uh, attempting to defend himself. Obviously, he didn't have a lawyer or anything like that. It wasn't Perry Mason by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it, but, you know, these, the mechani- machinations of the, the court system are so convoluted. It's difficult for the yes, average person. Arcane. Yeah, the, the average person to know when to do what and how to say it and, um, you know, when one can present this sort of evidence or that sort of argument. So it was uh, certainly, um, you know, somewhat stilted in the way that it uh, occurred. But the judge with the patience of Job, tried to explain everything and, uh, you know, uh, help him out as much as he could. The judge was definitely on his best behavior today. Yes. Uh, And this is the same judge that was yelling at me just a matter of months ago in the courtroom because I wouldn't sit down fast enough uh, for his liking. Right. Of course, he could he have didn't. very easily done this with uh, Andrew today. Um, you just like you sit down. You know, a couple of times Andrew stood. He'd have his name called. Yeah. It seems obvious to stand when your name is called. But uh, you know, that's uh, with you. Apparently, that uh, that sort of slip up wasn't allowed. Well, of course, when I went in for the arraignment, I wasn't exactly the most in line individual uh, in the arraignment, and so they kind of <laughs> knew what to expect with me. And I think we're we're prepared for that, I suppose. When uh, at the first part of this trial, Andrew uh, said something. May I object before we start? And he's like, "What do you want to object about?" <laughs> <laughs> I think I missed that point. Did not want to hear outside. that part. Uh, so the judge was on his best behavior, and Andrew tried his darndest to bring up constitutional issues, and for the most part, they just really weren't heard. I mean, because, for instance, just to give you an example, they would have a cop, they'd call a cop up to the stand, and the cop would talk about how, uh, you know, it's his job to take the marijuana and put it in a bag and send that, uh, marijuana off to the testing lab. And so Andrew was only allowed to ask questions that would have been directly related to the task to of whether taking not, the marijuana, putting it in the bag, and right, that sort of thing. To whether or not this was marijuana and whether or not he possessed it. It didn't... Yeah. You know, any constitutional argument as to the harm that that marijuana might have... Um, was there a victim? Uh, all that none stuff. of that. Not, absolutely not allowed. So, now, it could be allowed... That seems really obnoxious at yes. your own trial. Well, it's not really a trial. Right. It, it huh. isn't really a trial. This is like the pre-trial trial from what I can... You know, what I can see here is essentially they suck the emotional energy out of people by having by giving them this thing like a trial uh, before one can get a real trial so one ha- then has to appeal to get a jury and, um, and by that time you're in jail yeah <laughs> I don't Wait, even so sentenced. you can go to jail before you go to your real trial that well, is correct it's th- this the, in in a sense this is the real trial but he didn't get a jury um, and he's supposed to he have can't until the appeal. Right, absolutely can't have a jury, which in the Constitution is guaranteed for anything over twenty bucks. Um, but you can't have a jury until you go on to the appeal, which is like the real trial that you would imagine a trial would be like. Now he could have had a jury had it been a felony. So if he'd had a pound of marijuana or something right. like that, he could probably have demanded a, a jury trial at that. And point. gone to prison for two years or something. And there is somebody. Sam told us that he's in jail right now with somebody who hasn't had a trial and has been waiting eight months to have one. 
So it well, is completely possible. Their game, their rules. So yes, whenever yes. they feel like it, they'll yeah. uh, get around to it. Make so new stuff up all the time. So yeah. after they railroaded him through this trial, which again, you know, the judge was being nice. In fact, at one point, Andrew cracked a joke and made the judge laugh um, in the the cor- whole courtroom. The bailiffs, the judge, everybody was laughing at this joke because marijuana's funny. Mm-hmm. See. Marijuana and, you know, the whole, uh, the, the aura surrounding marijuana and the, the potheads and everything, nobody really takes it seriously. I mean, the court is supposed to be a very serious, solemn occasion, right. but even they couldn't keep a straight face during this trial. He shook the foundations of, uh, you know, the American life itself here by possessing this uh, plant matter, this vegetation, as they called it. Uh, they didn't even call it a drug, just a plant matter. And, 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 you know, people were, thought it was funny. I thought the best part of it was when, uh, you know, the judge is like, well, I realize things, you know, talking to Andrew, I realize things aren't going exactly the way you had planned. And uh, Andrew said, oh, yeah, this is exactly how I had planned them to go. <laughs> Essentially saying yeah. to the judge, I expect you to thwart to be everything I say yeah. every time I say it because that's how I believe this thing's going to go. That's what happened to me when I was in the secret chamber. It's pretty much the way it went. I mean, he was okay as far as he did do his job and that I was allowed to ask questions and all that, except that you can only ask the questions he allows you to ask. Right. So you can't really present a defense for yourself. Oh, it was, it's frustrating. But but nonetheless, he did get everybody to laugh in the courtroom, which you know, a little a bit of levity was, was nice. It was nice to see that. It's clear from the, that uh, that amount of, uh, of levity that that these people that are doing this, these bureaucrats that are doing this horrible job, I mean, it's, it's so inhumane what they're doing to people. They know that what they're doing is just a fraud. They, and they must realize that, that what they're engaging in here, this whole charade of the legal land court system, especially in the case of Andrew, who has no victim whatsoever, as he pointed out today, it's just so paper thin. And they even know, I mean, they're laughing about it. If they thought marijuana was a serious thing, they wouldn't have laughed at that joke. It wouldn't yeah. have been funny. It would have been a. If this had been uranium 223 or yeah. something like that. It wouldn't have been funny. Right. He'd have been completely out of line. Oh, and Andrew's joke was uh, he'd turned around from asking some questions, and the judge said something. About, oh, yeah, he was submitting some paperwork, and the judge said, well, make sure you don't hand me something you don't want to hand me, basically. Like, make sure that nothing you nothing you don't want me to see is in that stack of papers. And, and Andrew said, oh, yeah, okay, well, uh, I think I've got the marijuana in my bag over there. And so that's what made the judge laugh and everybody else laughing. This is clearly not – they're not taking this seriously, but – it's serious because this man's going to jail next week. That's right. He was found guilty. We'll give you some more details coming up here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building, perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. 
Com. You know, there are a lot of reasons that you might want to hide your valuables around your home. And StashYourSwag.com gives you more than 100 common places around your home. Most with little or no modification necessary. The guide contains detailed pictures to help you. And most are under 50 bucks. In fact, a whole lot of them are absolutely free. StashYourSwag.com. That's StashYourSwag.com. All right, so just a few more thoughts on what happened today here with the activism in Keene, New Hampshire. It was a relatively positive day overall. However, it looks like one of the activists will be going to jail on marijuana charges. It was a Class B misdemeanor is what he was charged with for possessing a piece of marijuana in public in in his open hand uh, in a public park. They had arrested him for it. Normally, people are charged with Class A, but they went after a Class B because with a Class B, the maximum amount of uh, or the the maximum penalty is a fine. However, since most people pay the fines, they don't ever see jail time. But if you don't pay the government the fine they're demanding from you, there's a good chance that they're going to put you in a jail cell because of that. And there's a chance they could suspend the fine or something like that. In this case, that didn't happen. In this case, the judge found Andrew Carroll guilty, and he was ordered to pay a fine. He told the judge he's not going to pay the fine. The judge said, well, how about community service? He (laughs) said, I'll serve my community on my own time, not on the state's time. Basically, I mean, I'm paraphrasing what he said. So he wasn't saying he wasn't a a community-minded guy. It's just that he's not going to go and bow down and do that service for the state. So basically, he's not going to do the community service. He's not going to pay the fine. And the judge essentially told him, look, I really want you to think about this because he doesn't want to send somebody to jail, right? That's, that's, he doesn't want to send Andrew to jail because that will just generate more, more publicity and, and all of that. And so the judge said, I really want you to think about this. I'm going to give you the weekend to think it over. Come in if Monday. he didn't want to send anyone to jail, like he knew that that – well, I guess he didn't know when it came to community service. Many free staters have taken community service uh, – in lieu of uh, jail time and other uh, uh, more serious sentences. Well, I guess no more serious than jail. I suppose prison. Um, <clears throat> so he didn't know for sure that that was going to be the case. He could have figured out something. and Because remember, this is an arbitrary system. This is not a system of laws. It's just not. Right. He could have figured out some technicality and said, oh, well, it doesn't look like the uh, marijuana was handled in the proper procedure. Anything. Anything. Which is actually something that I was surprised Andrew didn't do, because if you watch the video footage over at freekeen.com, you'll have to search back a bit because it happened back in January. But if you watch the footage of the arrest, the arresting officer takes the marijuana bud and shoves it in his pocket. So a lot of the time at the trial today was spent on describing the police procedure and how, uh, you know, well, first we take the marijuana and we seal it in a bag and then we put it in this locker. And when you close the door in the locker, nobody from the outside can get to that lo- that what's inside that locker. And then the property manager on the other side opens the other side of the locker, removes the marijuana, take, takes it to lo- There was all this process about how there, you know, very few people have access to the marijuana. And so we're sure this is the marijuana that was on the scene. But if Andrew had asked the cop, if uh, what did you do with the marijuana after you took it? I put it in my pocket. Well, how are you going to prove that the marijuana you pulled out of your pocket was the same uh, alleged marijuana that you put in your pocket? It could have been 
possibly he could have had a, an inroad there. I don't know. That's just my speculation as an observer and, you know, being a, a Monday morning quarterback on this one. All I'm saying is, is that, uh, you know, it, to me, I guess I knew going into this that Andrew was going to take the uh, jail time as opposed to community service or anything else. Yes. I mean, I, he didn't walk into this for the purpose of taking community service. No. And I can't imagine that anyone would. However, I could see the judge might, might think that they would take community service. A lot of free staters have been taking uh, community service and sort of breaking weak, as it were, um, in front of the system. And I've got to say that Andrew did the, you know, has done the right thing and likely will if, continue to do the right thing. Yeah, if you're doing civil disobedience, you should probably not do the community service. Yeah. I don't know. But you know what I'm thinking, Mark? Now that I'm now that I'm thinking about what's going to happen on Monday, because he told Andrew, you've got the weekend to think about it. Think about it, because the judge really wants him to either pay the fine or do the community service. He doesn't want to have the uh, you know, to send this guy to the jail cell. So what if he's just trying to sweat him out? What if he's trying to make uh, make Andrew a little bit nervous right over the weekend, trying to give him something to think about, something to weigh over on his mind so that hopefully he'll decide he doesn't want to spend eight and a half days in a jail cell? Because that's how long it'll be. Yeah. 400. Oh, we didn't mention the fine. It was a $350 fine with a 20% fee. Yes. So well, there's a fine on top of the fine. Right. So there's a fee on top of the that fine. That is hilarious yes. to me. I can't even believe that they get away with that. <laughs> what so a weird. joke. And I didn't do the math in my head as the, the numbers were coming out, but then but Andrew it, actually made the point as he was up in front of everybody that, uh, oh, well, they're laughing about what that totals. And he didn't say what it totaled, but it totals 420 The total fine was $420. So, so here's what I'm thinking. Since the judge probably doesn't want to send this guy to jail, because if Andrew reports to jail, and that's what the judge said this afternoon, was my order is going to say that if you don't pay or you don't do the community service, you'll have to report to the jail Monday afternoon. And he's going to give him until Monday to make his decision on this. So he's supposed to come back in on Monday to get the, uh, you know, to get this taken care of. Well, they're already talking about making Andrew turning himself in into another activist event. So having... Ten cameras out there and 25 activists out at the jail as Andrew goes in to turn himself in. It'll be, it'll be just another event. Does the judge really want that to happen? Does he really want... He knows what has happened with Sam. He knows what happened with me. When, when this guy cracks down, he knows more people come here. Yeah. So I think there's a chance. I don't know how good the chance is. But there's a chance that when Andrew goes in on Monday to the district court to uh, you know, take care of all this and let him know what his decision's been, he's going to go in there and say, I'm not paying the fine and I'm not doing community service. I think there's a chance that the judge will suspend the fine. I think there's a chance that the judge will not have him go into the... I'm totally speculating. You know, I don't know much about this uh, this judge or what's going to happen, but that well, would be that a way... now that he's listening now and hears you speculating, likely he won't. He might be listening now. <laughs> judge Burke, call in 800-259-9231. Uh, but I think that there's a chance. What do you think? Am I? Is, is there a possibility of this? Because then he's I, not in front of that whole group of people. I don't know. I mean, it, I, I hope you're right. Uh, may, it's possible you're right. I just don't know. I mean, if he just suspends that fine, yeah, that'd be a big victory. I guess it would be a victory for us. But at the same time, it wouldn't be as splashy right. as <laughs> going to jail. Right. If, if you if you want to hurt the free state movement, uh, and and I I've got to I've got to get the impression that that's what they're trying to do. Probably the um, the least harmful thing you can do to the government of Keen is to just suspend uh, Andrew's uh, um, uh, Andrew's fine. 
1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we continue here, let's take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. I don't know if this is a call from Sam. Is this, is this Sam? No, this is Scott. Sorry to just... Okay, I don't know who you are. Uh, whoops. Uh, so let's uh, go to Charlie in Florida. Charlie, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Charlie, what's um, on your mind? Well, um, I'm, I just want to say first that I started listening uh, the day you guys reported that Sam had been arrested, and I have been listening to every podcast since then. Welcome, um, sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan. I actually signed up for the Free State Project about three days ago. Congratulations. Um, thank you, sir. Um, I just wanted to – well, I told your call screen that I wanted to talk about the Free State Objectivists, but i really rather kn- uh, know about what you guys think about objectivism as a philosophy. You know, honestly, I couldn't even tell you what objectivism is. I couldn't either. I, 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 oh, really? I, hear, I hear that it's essentially libertarianism, that like libertarianism is the, the political arm of objectivism. Yeah, but that Terry Goodkind guy was an objectivist, and he is not even close to being a libertarian. Well, he supports he's close. the war. He's close. He supports war. If you support Understood. war, you're not plenty that of, close. Plenty of libertarians uh, support, support well, war. You're not a libertarian then. Fine. Well, well, objectivism. The only, the only time objectivism advocates force is in retaliation to something. It never it, the initiate the init, non-initiation of force principle. Um, mm-hmm. The libertarians, at least according to Ayn Rand, stole that from her. Right, and, but uh, I don't know. The, I don't know the other side of the story. I, I'd love to talk to you about that. We're going to uh, bring him back here. Hang on a moment. You know, um, it's sort of retaliation is a subjective term, as much as uh, you know. I know that objectivism is supposed to be objective, but retaliation is subjective. You'll have to explain exactly what you mean by that in moments. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, you can bring up whatever's on your mind, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. And a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live. It's that simple. There are dozens of categories in which you can shop. You can even buy used if you need to save a few bucks and enjoy all of the user reviews that you'll find on the site. It will help you in your buying decision. Amazon.freetalklive.com. I guess I owe um, an explanation here for what happened during the last segment because some people are confused, and it's understandable. It's called Free Talk Live, right? We take calls from anybody about anything, but then last segment I took a call from somebody I thought was Sam, and I put him back on hold immediately when I found out that it wasn't. People were concerned with, well, what happened to that guy? Where did he go? Well, he, he hung up. First of all, it wasn't the amp line. Uh, allow me to explain. Because our friend Sam is in jail, and we're going to get back to, the, uh, to Charlie in a moment, but because our friend Sam is in jail, we set up a special landline for him to call in on because when you're in jail, you can only call collect to landline phones. Co-host also, Sam. Co-host and uh, filmmaker and friend. And so we set up this landline for him to call in, and so normally the landline is not does not ring anywhere because... Who uses landlines anymore, right? It's only it only exists for the purposes of having a DSL connect uh, connection to it. But because there is a landline there, I plugged it in, and so now we can take calls from Sam. Unfortunately, we get about six calls a day on the landline. Sometimes, and eh, sometimes it's three, but you get a handful of calls a day from 
spam calls, you know, the salespeople and uh, automotive, uh, automated right. uh, machine calls that, that call and play back messages and things like that. I'm, I'm surprised it was an actual person actually calling. So nobody has that number except for all of the, the people that are trying to sell you products and right. services. And if you thought that it would be a funny bit for us to talk to, I believe it was Scott, yeah. um, on the air, well, it's against the law. Or at least against FCC rules. Oh, really? be put on the air without, without their be, knowledge. being informed. You'd at very least have to say, you're on, you're the, on air. the air. All right. So anyway, let's. Uh, I thought I should explain that. And I would have come back. I would have checked the line to see if the guy was still there, but he hung up. So Charlie is still there. And Charlie, you were asking us about objectivism, and uh, you were making a point. So go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, well, all I was saying was, um, I've, now, I don't claim to be an expert on anything. I'm a second-year philosophy major. But... Um, I've read most of her stuff, and from what I've grasped of it, um, the only time that force is okay, the only time it's um, permissible, I guess, is in retaliation from some infringed upon right. And that's so self-defense. Yeah. Or are you talking about someone makes you angry and then you retaliate? Like I, when I think of the word retaliation, I sort of think of revenge. Yes. And that's not a personal. That's, that's no, not something no, no, I no, like. No, no. Sorry. How long after the force is initiated can one retaliate by this philosophy? I, I don't know. I don't claim to be an expert on objectivism. But from, okay. I, I, just, I finished reading OPAR recently, Objectivism, the Philosophy of Ayn Rand, and that's Leonard Peikoff lays out her whole systematic system of thought, and I know that was redundant, sorry. But, um, well, the reason I ask I is because this Terry Goodkind guy, the author that we uh, we interviewed, who sounded libertarian-ish, uh, and then I then we found out he's a, a, a warmonger. He was pointing out, I think, the same thing that uh, well, you know, it's you know, we're we're defending ourselves or whatever, right? And, and well, well, no, you're not. You're attacking random people uh, across the world because somebody attacked you from that same plot of land, and right. I think and, that's uh, a little disproportionate and wrong. Right. This is one of the problems with uh, sort of objectivist philosophy. Is many of the objectivists out there have a tendency to, you know, be for retaliation, uh, you know, if if force is used against you, but then you have these uh, concepts like nation states, and so. If the nation state is attacked, then you can, you know, retaliate against, I guess, some other nation state that then attacked. And this is where it all gets very strange. I don't know about you, but I wasn't attacked on 9-11. Now, I'm nope. not saying that I don't feel very bad for the families, but I wasn't attacked. And so, therefore, um, I don't know that I can necessarily rally to their sides. And the people that did the attacking on 9-11 are likely... Um, doing it for a reason, and that reason is is that there uh, are armed men in the form of uh, United States troops occupying their country, um, supporting a king, a king, a despotic ruler in their country. So they feel the only way to, um, you know, to to get some kind of to get these armed men out who are supporting the king is to attack the nation these armed men are supposed to be protecting so you get this whole you know he he did it she did it and then those armed men are there because there have been has been problems in the middle east in the past and the middle east rulers want uh, more armed guards if they can get them um and you know on back through through history i mean you know with the first uh, intervention by the western world being 100 years ago in the middle east and it, see do you see how these uh, these retaliations go back and forth well um i myself am a non-interventionist i i can't speak for ayn rand or leonard peikoff of the ayn rand institute but i okay. myself am a non-interventionist got it i i don't i don't think we should well what jefferson said get involved in entanglements abroad yes yeah, so what else is on your mind tonight well that that was basically it i i really appreciate you guys taking my call and i know you don't like the word fight so just keep advocating liberty <laughs> <laughs> very good sir we'll do thank that you. thank you for the call 800-259-9231
Yeah, I don't have anything problem um, any any problem with the idea of objectivism. We've never, uh, you know, we I've I've never done enough studying to be no, to tell you. I'm, I don't know much about it either. I, I likely felt the drive to study it. I I likely could be called an objectivist, but I don't know. I I love liberty. I love freedom. Uh, I understand what the non-aggression principle is, and I don't know why I need to know much more than that. I'm I'm not going to aggress against my neighbors. I just want to live free, and that's that, right? I don't, I don't. I don't feel the need to dig deep into philosophy. It's it's not something that uh, really. I, I mean, it's interesting, but not interesting enough for me to to do anything significant about it. I guess, and it certainly floats some people's boats. And in which case, there's lots you can uh, dig into out there. Stefan Molyneux, for instance, a very philosophical kind of guy, and a friend of the show. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the phone number. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. So last night we uh, we started the 50 things that every 18-year-old should know, and it really is more like a list of 50 things that everybody should know. And if you haven't figured these things out yet and you're older than 18, then you should do your best to implement them as quickly as possible. It's intelligence for your life. It is good stuff here. Is that a John Tesh reference? <laughs> it is. Okay. <laughs> do I do love my soft ACs, you know. So we're going to continue with this list, uh, and I think... We should explain to people what a soft AC is. Soft, yeah, you should. Go ahead. An adult contemporary uh, format. It's uh, radio terminology. Soft ACs are, you know... Like Celine Dion, that yeah, kind of stuff. I like that stuff. Yeah. Of course you do. <laughs> should have seen Julia's face. You couldn't see this because uh, you're on the radio, but... Yeah. I borrowed like Julia's car before, um, and uh, like the radio is is set at like six, blowing my eardrums out, and and uh, I find that the, the trance music difficult to listen to. I, I do tra- not listen to trance off. music. Don't even insult trance me like that. Same, same, no, same I do the not. The gauntlet has been thrown tra- down. <laughs> All I'm saying is I don't listen to trance ever. So no. that's not true. I've seen I've seen trance in your collection. I know I, for a fact you have trance. That means you must have listened to it at some point. I don't. I listen to. The smallest, teeniest amount of unique-sounding trance ever, and it was not likely that it was playing in my car at any point in time. All right, so uh, let's jump into it here. 50 things every 18-year-old should know from uh, right-wing news, even though this is not a right-wing show, nor is it a left-wing show. This is just a good list of good stuff. Number 15, and if you missed the first 14, then shoot yourself back to the archive from last night. Number 15, getting fired or laid off isn't the end of the world. To the contrary, a lot of people, myself included, have moved on to bigger and better things after being laid off or fired. Some of them just shoot themselves. How often does that happen? I don't know. Not very often. I think the highest suicide rate from what I've heard, and I could be wrong, so if you know better, then please uh, correct me. But I think the uh, the job with the highest rate of suicide is toll collector. Hmm. Kind of I know correctional officer isn't very good on that list. At least I, so I've been told. So, yeah, that's my story. I mean, I, even though the, the guy writing it says it's myself included, it's also myself included. After being laid off from Clear Channel back in 2003, after having worked there for, uh, I guess, as long as it had been Clear Channel, it was a different company before that, but working there for six years, they laid me off and was one of the best things that could have happened to me. They basically set me free. And I was able to go and and take Free Talk Live, which was in existence at that time, take Free Talk Live in whatever direction I wanted to take it in. I was fortunate enough to be working at a station. We started Free Talk Live on a station where we had pretty much total creative control over the show. In that the program director was busy programming his oldie station. He wasn't paying any attention whatsoever to what was happening nights uh, on the radio station, which is when we were on. Yeah. So there was no oversight whatsoever to, to, to the show. And 
it was toward the end of my career at Clear Channel, they took the uh, the FM talk station that we were on off the air. And you remember this, Mark? Uh, they, or you weren't on the show at the time. But uh, they, they took the show off the air, and they promised us. They said, we are going to make you guys the afternoon drive show on our AM talk on station. They did that on air, actually, uh, when I was there. They promised that on the air? Uh, Maverick called in. Oh, really? Okay, wow. It's been that long. 800-259-9231. So we'll tell the rest of the story about how I got fired. Coming up here in moments, and we'll take your calls about whatever you want. How did you get fired? And it turned out to be the best thing for you. would love for you to tell your story. This is Free Talk Live. These are challenging times. Inflation, job security, political and financial uncertainty affect us all. Now more than ever, it's important to review your life insurance needs should something happen to you. Experts agree. Most families should have life insurance protection of 10 times their income. The great news is life insurance rates have never been this low. When you call Termco, Gil Edwards will tell you how affordable term life insurance can be. Gil specializes in saving people money on top-rated term life insurance. Find out if you're paying too much or if you don't have enough. Ask about the new return of premium plans, which return your entire premium back to you after 20 or 30 years, tax-free, guaranteed. Your family's protected either way. Get the best coverage with Termco at the lowest possible rate. Call Termco for a free no-obligation quote. Call 800-493-7712. 800-493-7712. That's 800 800- Four nine three seventy seven twelve. This is Free Talk Live, your show. We are launching in hour number two, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. That is the point of the program, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Calm as we continue here into the second hour, and we continue with the 50 things everybody should know. The, the actual article title is every 18-year-old, but I think everybody should know these things. And some of them are a little better than the others, but they've been mostly good so far. Uh, the one that we left off on was uh, that if you get fired, it's not the end of the world. And, of course, it is a tough time right now for some people in the economy, and the firings are happening. But a lot of people are starting their own small businesses, and some of those small businesses are going to make people rich. And uh, as it points out, lots of people have moved on to bigger and better things after they have been laid off. One thing that you have to also consider when it comes to small businesses, it may not make you rich. It is a good way um, in America to get rich, but it, it may not be the thing that gets you rich. How, rich. However, you get to work on your own terms, yeah. and that's worth a great deal. It's, you, yeah, you can't really price that out. I mean, how, how much is it worth to you to not have a boss, basically? That's a pretty sweet deal, and to be able to wake up and set your own hours and stuff like that. Well, setting your own hours it depends on the business, right? If you if you open a retail shop, uh, somebody has to open that shop from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday or whatever. You're setting your own hours in that you're choosing to do what you're choosing to do. It's you that is controlling those those factors. So I was telling a brief uh, story about how things can get better after you've been fired, and I remember the first time. Uh, I remember one of the, my first encounters with this as a young man was when I was first starting to work at the radio station uh, down in Sarasota, Florida. There was a guy that was doing the night shift on the rock station I was working at named Jeff Zito. 
and he got canned uh, not long after I had started working there. And I remember saying to him, you know, like, you know, this will probably be the best thing for you. And I didn't really know too much about that at that time because I think I was 17. But for whatever reason, I'd already picked that information up that that this was going to turn into a good thing. You'd, keep, you'd learn you know, that platitude. Stay <laughs> positive, right? And uh, it turned out to be a good thing for him. He moved yep. from the night shift at that rock station to a different uh, rocker down south and uh, south of Sarasota. And he ended up being the morning show host and is still there to this day. Rating success story and... Good for him, right? So then, uh, years later, six years later, they finally, Clear Channel finally blew, uh, decided to eliminate my position. And that means you're downsized, right? We don't need you anymore. We found somebody else who can do your job, and they'll take on extra responsibilities, and we'll pay them less. Um, so let's not forget that uh, upon the uh, station or the the station being shut down, that uh, you then called upon the listeners to uh, then <laughs> to to write emails in mass, and the show was very popular, had lots of dedicated listeners. Yeah. I'm sure that the uh, the gentleman I can't remember his name, but he was Brad the, Harden. Brad Harden, the, the guy that was in charge of uh, rock stations, as though he would care about a hot talker on. Yeah. 4,500 watts in Sarasota, Florida, when he was in charge of rock stations all over the uh, southeast, um, has probably crashed his email server in that uh, he, you know, got, if not, certainly dozens, scores, hundreds of emails uh, saying, save this show. And that's why you got canned. You think they fired me because uh, I made noise about... Free talk live. I just don't think you get how annoying noise can be. Like how how much it is, how much it pisses some people off. It shouldn't be pissing him off. He's hearing from listeners and they're telling him it what they want to hear. Shouldn't. However, right. he's human. Yeah. Well, and you did get downsized. So what? Now, happened? why do you suppose they didn't take you and put you on this uh, fourteen fifty a.m. and um, in the afternoons? Well, wait, did uh, I, after I think you've been promised that? I thought that campaign happened after they reneged on their promise. I don't know. I, it's been a while. Anyway, what happened why was... Would, why would uh, people care to uh, write emails at that point, then? Did you sit on an email or I something? I might have. I don't know. I, I might have. I it's been you. so long. I mean, this is, we're talking about 2003 here. Two. No, it would have been 2003. Three, we started right. in November of My 2002. Mistake. And then 2003, they took us off the air, and they promised us... And you weren't on the show at this time. They promised us, you guys, we're going to move you from nights. This is going to be an upgrade. You're going to move on to our AM station, and we're going to put you on as the afternoon drive show. Now, the FM station, I think, would have had more listeners than the AM station, but afternoon drive is certainly a better day part. There's more people driving home at that time listening mm -hmm. to the radio. And then that's what they promised us when they took us off the air. Months went by. Nothing really happened. They were kind of dragging their feet at changing the uh, the AM station's programming. And, and then we got word that they had decided on Sean Hannity. Mm. So instead of going with the local option, going with the local hosts that had built a, a brand, essentially, in a short period of time. And six months is about all we had on the air before they took the FM station off the air. Uh, but but we had a some some level of name recognition out there in, in the community. and Best ratings of the station. Mm, I don't know about that. On real radio. Nah, that's we certainly took, we Best certainly ratings took, of the nights. Yeah, we certainly uh, took that uh, day part and moved it up. So so they made this promise, and they reneged on it, and they put old Sean Hannity in because, well, you don't have to pay Sean Hannity. I don't think you have to pay for his show. Anyway, they put him in there instead of taking us, and I think that's what prompted me to send the, to have that email go out to 
our listeners, because I had been building the Free Talk Live uh, updates list at that time during our original airing. Yes. And so I had probably about a couple hundred names on that list. They asked them to send out emails to the uh, the bosses at Clear Channel saying, hey, you know, why, please put this local show on instead of uh, Hannity. And you're saying they didn't like that very much, and they d- they downsized my position. They offered me a you know nice little severance package. And it's out. Yep. And uh, see you later. We don't need your services anymore. Did they anymore. walk you to the door? You know what? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, so uh, see That's you later. That's always awkward walking someone to the door after you fired them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we don't need your services anymore, and you're done. And uh, it was great. It was one of the best things that could have happened because had I stayed at Clear Channel. And I wanted to continue with Free Talk Live. I mean, presuming they even gave us, let's presume they gave us the afternoon drive slot. That would have been By the us, worst you thing. you, because I wasn't there. That would have been the worst thing that could have happened to the show, in my opinion. I think that uh, that taking the afternoon drive slot at that Clear Channel mm-hmm. station would have been the beginning of the end for Free Talk Live. Like so many um, shows that are, in, you know, in Clear Channel, they don't they don't get syndicated, um, and they just kind of stay in as local shows. You know, we we, I, we certainly got syndicated before Clear Channel would have ever paid to syndicate us. And it wasn't just that. I was thinking about this more recently, and it, it dawned on me that this is a big co- corporation. I mean, Clear Channel is a behemoth. It is a huge. It's the largest radio broadcasting company in America. And it was even bigger at that time. They had even more stations in their repertoire. They've since then uh, sold a lot of their stations off. But... The way Clear Channel is managed, and don't get me wrong, we've got some Clear Channel affiliates that uh, come on board for our Saturday show, and they're the biggest affiliates we have. I mean, they've got some great um, transmitters and some big markets out there. It's a, They do some good stuff out there, no doubt about it. I mean, a lot of their programmers, I, I like them a lot. But the way the company is managed is very top-down. You know, and it's no, and it's now more so than ever from my conversations with some program directors recently. They've been consolidating and firing people, so even more people have been uh, have been yeah. given the axe over the last hundred days there. And now, you know, these regional market managers that have well a region that they deal with, not just one local market, but several markets, they're handing down diktats now, saying you have to do this and you have to do that. Can you imagine, Mark, how much more control Clear Channel's managers would have wanted to take over the show if they'd given us that afternoon drive slot? It would have been instantaneous. Maverick, the program director, would have been in there. Oh, I think you guys should do this. You should do this. Yeah. You should talk about this. Well, we can't have you talking about those uh, sexual topics anymore or whatever, right? Sure. It would have been the beginning of the end for the freedom of being able to call this show and talk about anything. But luckily, they blew me out the door. I decided I needed to keep Free Talk Live going, so we kept doing an internet show. Then we took it on a, a brokered talk station where we were paying for airtime. And then after that, we moved it to another talk station where we were doing the show free again. We weren't paying and we weren't getting paid. Right, that and, was the one that I was managing. Right, and it was shortly thereafter that uh, the show got syndicated. So getting out of Clear Channel and being fired was the impetus for taking Free Talk Live to the next step. Had that not ever happened, I don't know where we would be right now. It certainly wouldn't be where we're at. Yeah. So I mean, the, the firing was a good thing. Best One of the best things that could have happened to this show. What's your story? I'm sure that I'm not the only one with a story like this. I'd like to mention that I got fired from uh, Free Talk Live before uh, you b- before the, the station got downsized. Mm-hmm. Um, with with the famous, uh, the, uh, the famous line, do you like apples? 
You're fired. How about them apples? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> which was kind of fun considering I wasn't really, really getting paid for it. But if I had stayed on, then I would have had to have started working as the local sales manager for that station, likely bringing in more money, which would have kept that station on the air, which would have kept Free Talk Live a local show, and we never would have gotten syndicated again. Yep. So what's your story? Have you been canned, given the axe, eliminated, position destroyed, and then it ended up working out really well for you? I'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, it's your show. You dial in, bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you. Listen.freetalklive.com. Get you to them, and they're free. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Termco Life Insurance Agency. Protecting protecting your family against financial loss due, due to an untimely death. You can uh, you can just call Gil Edwards over there at Termco Insurance Agency. He specializes in term life insurance. Call 800-493-7712. That's 800-493-7712. Termco. Toll free number for us to uh, to bring you on the air about whatever you want is one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We're talking about some things that everybody should know by the time they're eighteen, but if you still don't get it and you're a little bit older, then probably might want to implement some of these in your life if you haven't done so yet. Uh, and some of them are, are there's a couple cheesy ones coming up here. We'll get to those. But first, your phone calls. I'd ask the question: Does anybody have a story they want to share about how they were fired and then things worked out just great and things worked out better? than they perhaps would have had you not been fired. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Keith in Arizona. Keith, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. I think you'll like this story. Uh, I was fired uh, from a Motorola subsidiary that did uh, a lot of uh, two-way radio work. And uh, then uh, my bosses were fired. I ended up hiring one of my former bosses. <laughs> wow. And I was making... $85 an hour, and I was paying him 35 an hour. Sweet. So the student wow. became the master. And at a yeah. much lower rate. <laughs> yeah, so it can be an opportunity for people to... I was able to collect unemployment and build up my business, and it slowly grew and grew until I was making as much money as I could stand. And uh, uh, now I'm doing some consulting work, and uh, so it worked out really well. Life is good. Thank you for the call tonight, Keith. Appreciate the story. 800-259-9231. I think people are trained in America to find themselves a job, find themselves a good job, and stick with it. You stick with that job, and you will someday retire, and you'll be, and everything will be just great. You won't have to take any risk. That's the way it used. That's the way sort of the idea was it, it used to be. But you've got to, you know, now, now you've got to be fluid. You've got to, you know, hop from one offer to the next. To, you know, whatever's doing, you know, whatever's going to give you the best offer. And if you're planning your life around the idea that you're always going to have your job, and maybe, I don't know if this is going to come up on the list, but if you're planning your life around the idea that you're always going to be there, and that there's always going to be a, another paycheck right around the corner, you are painting yourself into a very dangerous uh, area. Because if you are counting on that job being there next week, 
that could be problematic because there's no guarantee, no matter how great of an employee you are, no matter how uh, you know good times seem to be, there's always that chance that next week the axe may fall on your position. If it's not your business, if it's not your entrepreneurship, if you're just working for somebody else, they may just decide that they love you, but they can't afford you anymore. Maybe they'll bring somebody in who's 20 years younger than you who will do mm-hmm. the job for half as much or whatever the, the story might be. But there are a lot of people that count on that paycheck the next week. And it goes back to something that we were talking about with Dale last night and the idea of having a buffer, having a, a, a savings buffer. And I know, Julia, you know about this, having a, a certain amount of money saved up to where if you do get fired, if all of a sudden the, you know, the, the worst happens, you can handle it. You've got the funds there to uh, to take care of that. So we continue here. Uh, let's talk to you uh, you about whatever you want. Steve in Wisconsin, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hello there. Hey, Steve. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I wanted to talk about how I got fired from my job at McDonald's. Okay, sure. And, and uh, I made it uh, turn out for the better. I went to uh, a job convention, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually met my wife there. No way. Oh, that's what neat. was the circumstance? Yeah, I did. What was the circumstance? Uh, How did you meet her? Uh, we were actually in the line uh, for the bathrooms, and I just bumped into her, and we, you know, we took it from there. Okay, we'll just dump you right out. You should hang up on him, uh, board op. Thank you very much. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. I don't really understand why they keep trying, Mark. It, it's not Where's going it to be go? successful. Oh, so They're not continue. funny prank calls. No, that's no, what's so stupid about them. <laughs> Please what? prank the show if you've got a funny prank call, but hollering, uh, you know, expletives, just not going to do it. So we continue here with the uh, things that you should know. Uh, it's, it's too bad. It was kind of a nice story. Number 16, if you're not happy with the job market, the government or schools in your area, remember you can always move to another city or another state. Lots of Americans do that every single year. If you don't like the schools in your area, you can always pay to send your kid to school, and then you'll like the school. Yeah. If you don't like the free government schools in your area, free by meaning that you don't have to pay for them any more than you have to pay on your property taxes. This seems like one of those really obvious dumb ones. I mean, do people really not think they can just up and move? I suppose there are some people that like to tell themselves that they're stuck where they are, but that's not because they don't think they could possibly move at some point. It's just they're telling themselves a story about how, I can't get out of here. It's just life is too hard. Well, can't save any money. People seem to be, humans seem to go for the status quo. And uh, we've, we've talked about that sort of, start, talked around that um, in, in some of these issues this evening and uh, last night. And people sometimes do feel trapped when they shouldn't. Um, and, and one of the things I've been thinking of is uh, often people here in the government in Keene will say, well, of course people love it and love to, don't mind the taxes in Keene, the, the highest tax rate in the state, uh, practically the highest ta- tax rate in the state. Um, they stay, don't they? Well, yeah, but if you think about the blacks at the end of the Civil War and all the way up till uh, the Civil Rights Movement of the 60s, they were definitely second-class citizens down in the South, but many of them didn't leave. Does that mean that it was okay with them that they were treated like second-class no. citizens, hung, shot, their women raped? Certainly moving around is one way to change your circumstances as far as the uh, the amount of government oppression that you might be feeling. However, there's only so far that you can run. You can't escape uh, the, the, the reach of the state. 
There's always going to be some other person, a group of persons calling themselves the government that is going to extract your wealth from you. And until we do something about that, that'll it'll never change. And that's why, of course, we talk about, a lot about the Free State Project on this show, and we'll inevitably talk about it a little bit more later. Let's continue, though, with a list of stuff. Number 17. This is a quote from somebody named Anne. She says, I wish I had known to check the oil in my vehicles and have changed it regularly. It would have saved a lot of money that I spent on repairs directly due to my lack of changing the oil per the mechanic. Pretty basic one. Uh, 3,000 miles, oil change. Yeah, that's, Good that's what the oil companies say. If you look yeah. at your owner's manual, it's more like five. And, is that and, true? And some oils are ten. Really? Um, I get the synthetic oils just because, you know, I want them. Yeah, I've heard a lot of different things about that. I, I've heard people that are into cars that say that you don't have to change it every 3,000 miles. Yeah, but if you never change the oil, you're yes. going to be in for some yeah. trouble. That's bad, bad, bad news. Very bad news. Number 18. This one's obvious. Lefty Lucy, righty tidy. Yeah. If you haven't learned that one yet. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm going to skip some of the more uh, lame ones here in a moment, and we'll get to some of the juicier ones. And you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can dial in, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can, of course, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and we give them away. The Shrine of Female Listeners is one of those. Got dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. It's SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com and do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. All right, so going through the things that every 18-year-old should know, and it's stuff that you should know at any age, so we'll continue here. Uh, some silly ones like don't ever open a hot radiator cap or you can get seriously burned. Is that not obvious to people? I, yeah, it I, says I, it right there on the cap. It does say it, uh, but I mean, yeah, I, look, that one doesn't bear enough repeating. Really? Don't open a hot radiator cap. Make sure it's cold, cool. Hours and hours cool. Wow. Okay. Number 20, here are the three keys to keeping a reasonably clean house. Don't leave any dishes in the sink overnight. Mm. Every time you have a full load of clothes, wash them. And take out the trash every time the can is full. If you do those things, wipe up your messes and vacuum when the floor gets filthy, and you'll keep things reasonably neat. I think it's interesting that they have to mention this one because it really tells you how many people are not so neat out there, right? It's easy to keep on trying to shove things into the garbage can, you know, yeah. push it down and then put things in, and mm-hmm. that, then then it just it makes it more likely you're going to have a rupture with the bag and there's going to be problems there. I, I don't know as far as clothes go. I'm responsible for separating my clothes into uh, different different colored uh, baskets. And oh, that are kind you of thing. really? 
Julia tries that with me, but it doesn't end up working out too well. I think no, we've kind of got it well. down now. Like, I don't have to separate anything. No. You've kind of got my own little uh, clothes area that I can put things. It, are guys very good at that kind of thing? This, um, the whole separate. Anybody who chooses to be good at it is good at it. Um, anybody who chooses not to be good at it is not good at it. I guess I've chosen not to then. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> well, I'm not very good at I, it. Either. I never understood the whole washing different things separately. I guess it has to do with things that bleed, oh. right? Yeah. Well, it has to do with colors and what colors go well together. And if you're doing just a lot of white laundry, you want to put bleach in it. You don't want to put any colored laundry in there because you don't want to ruin your colored clothes. Um, but for me, the huge thing is, like, I, if you wash towels with regular clothes, then your regular clothes get lint on them. If you mm. wash work clothes with regular clothes, like, my work clothes smell like work clothes. So I don't want anything else of mine to smell like work clothes. So, I mean, maybe guys typically aren't as picky about little things like that. I guess I, not. I don't know. I'm sure some are, but that's probably why. The work clothes thing I wouldn't uh, worry about, but I, I do believe the towels should be washed with uh, bed linen, uh, hmm. bed clothes, as it were. And uh, that's, you know, that, that's a, you, it doesn't really matter if you have lint on your bed, you know, bedding, because usually it's a light color and doesn't matter. All right, number 21, if you use a computer even semi-regularly, it's worth your time to take a typing class. I have to disagree with that. I've, I've ne- I took a typing class, and it actually really helped me. At the time that I took really? the typing class, I wasn't very good at it. Uh, before I took the typing class, um, I was a little bit of a chicken pecker. And okay. when I, which is for people who don't know somebody who <laughs> just hits the keys one at a time. Yep. I took a typing With one class. one finger, right? You've, yeah, you've well, one, one or two. Yeah. Uh, before when I took the class, I learned how, where to put my hands and stuff like that, and I I didn't do that great in the class. I think I got a C or a B. The lady mm-hmm. was bad that I was looking at my fingers. She didn't like that. But from that, I, I learned, you know, very slowly how to like set up my fingers and just practice helped me get a lot better. And, and I'm a really good typer now. But I feel like that helped me a lot. No, did I'm you so t- much faster than I used to be. Yeah. But I did take a typing class in school, so I knew where and I knew finger position. You learn really. You but learn I think some you useful le- things. I think you can learn that by uh, you can go you know, read on, a fact on the internet. Right. On, on, online. Right. Well, games when I learned it, there were not. I mean, the internet wasn't as big as it is today. Sure. I, Maybe it's not necessary today. Back when I was it, in a it, typing class, we had IBM PC Juniors. <laughs> okay, uh, we had Selectrics. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, the IBM PC Junior did not have any sort of hard drive or anything like that. It was one of those computers where you had to put a disk in. It had one hundred and twenty-eight K, didn't it? That that's memory. That it's not. There's a difference. There's a difference RAM. between memory and a, and a hard drive. Okay. Uh, but I, I took a typing class when I was in sixth grade, and it it was just annoying. You know, the whole not looking at the keyboard thing. I didn't trying. see why it would matter if you were looking at the keyboard. If that helps you, like right now, I can type really well without looking at the keyboard. But right. at first, I needed to look at the keyboard a little Absolutely. bit. Is that a problem? Our teacher used to walk around and like look. Oh, you were looking right. at your keyboard. keyboard like, does it really matter? Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, if you've got the basics and you just practice at it, you'll get good at typing. That's really all you need. Yeah. Anyway, number twenty-two. It's not enough to buy a gun and stick it in a drawer like a lucky talisman. You need to learn to use the gun, and that's a, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Don't yeah. buy a gun unless you learn how to use it. Yeah, it, it, it's not a collector's item. Uh, it's a it's a tool. It's a weapon. Uh, although some people do collect them, yeah, but you can, you can the people that collect them tend to know a thing or two about guns. So if you're going to have a gun and you intend to uh, to use it for self defense purposes, 
that's one of those things you should probably go ahead and take a class on. You need to be comfortable with it. You need to know where that safety is. You need to be able to flick it off and uh, yeah. you know fire that gun re- relatively quickly. I mean, Get even it from if, safe to firing. Even if you're not out on the range on a regular basis, you should go to actually learn the basics of how to use your firearm and, and certainly put some bullets through it and, and know what it's like to fire it. You can take that training as far as you want to. You yeah. can take a basic level, just understanding firearms, firearm safety. That's the number one reason to uh, t- the number one reason to take a, a, tra- a class on firearms, in my opinion, is so you can be safe with them because they are deadly, dangerous weapons, and if you if you disrespect the gun, there's a good chance you're going to end up with uh, some lead inside you. Good chance. Because uh, the number one, of course, rule with a gun is to never, ever, ever point it at something you don't want to destroy. Yeah. Even if you think it's empty. And even in the general direction. Even if you know yeah. it's empty. Even if you know, yeah, absolutely. Even if you know it's empty, even if you've checked that it's empty, you never point a gun at somebody. And this is something you don't, you know, they don't tell you that when you go and buy the gun. You have to do a little bit of digging to find these things out. So They don't teach you how to drive a car when you buy a car either. Yeah, exactly. So go and uh, check into those classes. Now, you can go crazy, and you can take classes that will teach you how to, to fire under pressure, and you can take weekend-long courses on, on firearms training and things like that. Uh, I don't know if everybody needs to do stuff like that, but understanding the basics of firearm safety and being able to actually fire your weapon is uh, probably the basics of stuff you want to do. Let's go to your phone calls here and go unscreen to the amp line. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi, this is Matt from Illinois. Hey, Matt. What's on your mind tonight? Um, typing. Okay. I learned how to type in five minutes. What do you mean? Really? When I was in college, um, it was before, you know, if you had a computer, you were pretty much well to do because it was back in the early 80s. So I didn't have a computer. I had a typewriter, an electric typewriter. And I was doing uh, two fingers. Mm-hmm. And my roommate walked in, and he said, "Put your fingers here." So you put your four left fingers on the uh, the pinky goes on the A. a your right uh, left ring finger goes on the S. Mm-hmm. Your middle yep. finger on the D. Your SDF, index right. on the F. SDF. Do the same with the other hand. It would be uh, your index on the J. JKL uh, and then semicolon. JKL right. and and colon, and then type. The quick red fox jumped over the lazy brown dogs, period. That's every single letter in the alphabet, right? That's every single letter in the alphabet. Just do that, and you practice. It took me five minutes. Nobody, I didn't take a class. Then I had to pay for a class. I should mention that my class was in, like, eighth grade, and I got a a credit for it in middle school, so I I didn't pay. I, I guess my parents technically paid for it through their property taxes, but I had to go to school anyway, so... All the uh, all the high school classes are um, kids in in my uh, um, in my area, or maybe it is middle school. They have to take typing too. They have to take keyboarding, and that's okay. It gives them a chance to to practice. Yeah, I but mean, it's so retarded. I remember they put uh, I don't know. They probably still do this. They had this keyboard blocker thing where you had to put your hands underneath it. You could not see any of the keys on the keyboard, and you uh, had to type underneath they that. Didn't do that. It was for crazy. Me. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. Appreciate the story. 800-259-9231. I think seeing the letters helps you understand where they are. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. 
show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. So if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, well, we have a variety of ways that you can do that. And they're all listed at promote.freetalklive.com. Everything from printing out flyers to contacting your local radio stations and more. You'll find all of the details at promote.freetalklive.com. Again, promote.freetalklive.com. As we continue, Steve in South Carolina, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Steve. Hi, Ian. Hi, Ian. It's on your mind tonight. Mark. Hello. Doing well. Uh, Got three things. Uh, One... The, you know, whether it was the keyboard and the typewriter, I took it in, what was it, ninth grade, and I had an IBM Selectric, which had the actual ball that spun around and typed whatever. Yeah. This is what you had, right, Mark? I didn't have it. The school oh, did. Right. Okay. And I had the uh, the ball. You could change it out and have different fonts, so on and so forth. But... Uh, the, the teacher hated me so much, she put me on a manual typewriter, the one you had to press the key all the way down. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I hated her at that point in time, and I really just didn't care for the class. But then when I went into computers and I've got a master's degree in cybersecurity, I was like, you know what? I wish I could find Ms. Hickman from Monroe, Louisiana, and thank her. Thank her very much for, for what she did. Why is that? What's the advantage to having uh, learned in some way on a uh, manual typewriter? My mother had one, and I had to use it, but I mostly chicken pecked at it because by the time I, you know, I hadn't learned how to type yet at that point. Well, the, the point, and that's where the keys actually were thrown up and, and yes. hit the and hit the paper. Um, that wasn't it. That was torture at that part. But the thing is, is she made me learn, and I was like, you know, I'm now thankful because you know I can type and I did the state thing and I've typed 47 words a minute which passes for state employment, which is okay for me. But, you know, I just, at that point in time, I just just hated it. And now I'm going to thank her for it. So, you know, it's just looking back and reflecting, it wasn't that bad. Now, for Julia. Yes. What are the home keys on a typewriter, on a keyboard? Didn't we already go over this? The same thing. ASDF, JKL, semicolon? (laughs) Yes, but where... How do you know, without looking at the keyboard, where to lay your fingers? How do I know? Oh, I know the answer. I don't I don't know. The nubs, the little bumps on the, the keys. Uh, yes, Ian's got it. Ian's got it. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I oh. guess I, I, I know that now. That the you F said and the it. J have uh, little bumps on them. Wow. I didn't know that's why they were there. Yep. So if you're yep. blind, you can uh, feel or whatever. All that matters is that you can use them, and uh, I know that little bumps are there. I've got a spiffy little light on my keyboard, so in the dark I've got uh, no problems. Very good. Thank you. Anything else on your mind, Steve? Yeah, the gun thing is, you know, I took the eight-hour course on a Saturday for uh, my gun permit, and which is really good because they give you what the state laws are about carrying handguns. And, you know, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a concealed weapons law down here, but in New Hampshire it's an open carry. Yes, which is absolutely amazing to me. I wish it was an open carry here, but we have to conceal it. And there are no classes up here. The, the concealed carry is something that uh, you that, that the government demands you get a permit for, but they're what they call a shall issue. So basically you go in there, and as long as they don't determine that you're a, a nutball, uh, they'll, they'll grant you the permit or a film. Really? So you don't know what the, the, the laws are in the state of New Hampshire about handguns? Got no clue. 
Wow. That okay. So. But I don't. You know, I also don't have a concealed weapons permit either. So. And well, I don't I mean, plan on getting one. Answer. Hmm. You wouldn't need one in New Hampshire. No, you do need one. Uh, the permit. It, it's I mean, a shall issue permit, right? You go down. Correct. You... you go down, and they give it to you unless they think you're a nut job or a, or a felon. Um, but uh, but if if you want to open carry, you don't need a permit for that. But if you want to conceal, then you do need to get the concealed weapons permit, which, as I was saying, is again, as Julia pointed out, uh, shall issue. Make sense? What is what is the shall issue? I, they I shall understand. issue it. You ask for it, they shall issue it. Right. They. If, if, I don't know. There. I was talking to a couple of the local police lieutenants about this, and they, they were trying to convince me that this is a good thing because it keeps crazy people from getting guns, which is just you know I don't believe that for a moment. Uh, but, I don't. But that's basically what their justification is. Well, we want to do this to keep the crazy people's hands off of guns. And I don't oh, know yeah. how they determine how you're crazy or not. If it's a shall issue thing, I guess if you're if you come in there ranting and raving and talking about how you're going to kill somebody, then they might not give you the the permit at that time. Okay, so do you, okay, you do have to have a permit, and if they ask you for it, you have to show it. I that I don't know. Now you're asking me about the laws that I you I don't, don't have to know. carry the permit on you. That's true. You don't. That's true. But you might have so, to show them later, right? Or they can look you up or something like that. Anyway, well, there you uh, have it. So a bipolar person can buy a handgun, state of New Hampshire, open carry, and no one's going to question. It's my understanding. Yeah. That's a little insane. Hey, it's crazy up here. And would you believe, Steve, that we don't have gun battles happening in the streets on a daily basis here in, in New Hampshire? Thanks for the call tonight, dude. Good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Streets are lot, pretty safe up here, actually. A lot of the, uh, the you know, the, the whole the whole thing that uh, about these gun laws is it's just really blown up. Um, they, you know, they 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 make they they sell fear that somehow crazy people are going to get guns. Crazy people, by and large, for one, are institutionalized, and they don't want to get guns or anything like that. The guns cost too much for crazy people. Crazy people don't have jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, somebody who has enough money to <laughs> buy a gun is crazy, or is sane enough to, to get one through a permit permitting process anyway. Absolutely. And certainly could get one black market if they wanted one. Yeah. If you are crazy like the kind of crazy where you're going to go and blast away a whole bunch of people, then you're you're sane enough to be able to plan that, which means you're sane enough to be able to walk into a gun store or go into the police department and fill out whatever forms you need to fill out. And, and if that doesn't normal. work out for you, you're going to get a gun anyway. Well, exactly. Because... As Mark said, the black market's always the solution. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Now, this is a good one. These are tips uh, for living, things every 18-year-old should know. When you move... Sell, throw away, and give away as much as possible, or you'll just end up moving boxes from one closet where they've been sitting for five years to another closet where they'll be sitting for the next five years. And this one I am a huge fan of. Uh, in fact, I'm in the, the process right now of cleaning things out. I think this is uh, actually you should take this to the next level. I think that it's good to do when you move. That's great. You know, if you're moving, it makes it easier to move. You don't have to haul a bunch of stuff around. It's simplify, cut as much stuff out of your life as you possibly can. But I like to do that on a regular basis, like every year or two. Just go through the stuff that I've accumulated and look at it critically and ask myself do i really need this i'd say a general good rule of thumb on that is if you haven't touched or looked at something picked it up and used it in a year do you really need it there are some things like i don't know i've got some picture collections for example that i don't really look at and i'm not really ready to get rid of um but 
I'd, I'd say generally when you're going through things, if you don't use it on a regular basis, do you really need it? There are still some things, like your picture collection, there are still some things that I also have uh, an attachment to, to some extent. But if you make a point of constantly re-simplifying your life and the amount of stuff that you have in it, it becomes easier to detach yourself from those things that you have the attachments to. If you never, ever clean out anything, or if you barely ever clean anything out, then you'll get attachments to everything. It'll be very difficult for you to actually end up removing something. But if you get in the habit of... Just get uh, just separating yourself, even something that you've got an attachment on, looking at it critically enough to say, okay, I'm attached to this, but why am I attached to it? Do I really need this? It's been sitting in that box in the closet for five years. I haven't touched it. I haven't brought it out. Do I have any realistic belief that I'm actually going to use this in the future or that for whatever reason I couldn't buy something brand new at that time? My experience on this um, is this is true with everything but tools. Um, that now, when it comes to tools, I, you know, until they start getting really old, mm-hmm. y- you know, they have usefulness, and and it's nice to have them around. Um, I, you know, and most of your life, you're not dealing with tools; you're dealing with clothing and yeah. you know all these other things. Computer parts. Um, hey, that router that you've got uh, that you you put in your closet yeah. uh, that you thought you would might be able to. And you, no, you're not gonna. It's garbage. Um, you know, even I don't know if you can sell it on eBay for a dollar fifty. Whatever. Sold a garage sale. <clears throat> you need I'd to get say rid of it. for clothing, that's a very good rule. If you haven't worn clothing in over a year, like I have, I, I go through my clothes on a regular basis and constantly get rid of stuff just because uh, I might wear this. And then, then I realize that I always say that and I really don't ever wear it. Mm-hmm. And uh, eBay really is the siren's call for junk collectors because they think that they're going to sell it on eBay. However, they never get around to actually doing there's it. There's a lot of steps involved in that. And so, um, you know, there, there's usually companies that will sell your stuff for you sure. and give you Take a percent. 50% or something. I don't know what it is, but give it to them. They will sell it. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Anyway, huge fan of simplifying your life. It just makes sense. Why collect all that crap? And certainly, if you're going to move from one point to another, why move it around? Why bother? Hour three's on the way. You bring up anything. What are your tips and your additions? It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the third hour of the program. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com as we continue taking your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. We go to Norway, the amp line, where Marius is on the line with us. Hello, Marius. Hey there. Hey, what's on your mind I tonight? I heard you talking about uh, flag burning the other day. Yes, what about and it? I thought I'd start chiming in about that because uh, I think that flag burning is really important. Why? Really? Uh, because the flag is uh, something that people uh, regard as sacred. And uh, you, I think that uh, when you regard something as sacred, you tend to, uh, to, you tend to believe that every other pe- uh, person should uh, regard that thing as sacred. Correct. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, you have to be like acclimatized to uh, other people not looking at what you think is sacred or sacred. You, you have to be acclimatized, or acc- acclimated? acclimated. Close enough. Good one. Acclimated, yeah. Yes, sir. So you're saying that by burning a flag, it helps uh, break down those mental blocks in people's minds that they've built up? Well, it's like uh, going uh, offensive comics of the prophets of uh, certain religions. You have, to, uh, you have to get into the mindset that there are other people in this world that don't have the same belief systems that you have. Uh, and uh, when people uh, regard something as sacred, they tend to use force to uh, to get other people to uh, to have the same view. Marius, so I I, do, I agree with what you're saying as far as a a goal, and I do agree that uh, flags are, um, you know, people consider flags to be sacred symbols, and they uh, treat them as re- religious relics. My question is, is do you have any kind of like proof that something like Flag burning would in any way uh, help to break people down or accl- um, acclimate them to uh, to, to the dis- destruction of uh, sacred relics. I mean, I would think that uh, personally, I believe that uh, seeing something like that actually does people, um, you know, causes people to believe the other sort of direction. In the short run, people will uh, get offended and will be angry with you because you are desecrating what they regard as sacred. But uh, if you if you look at how things are here in Norway. Uh, we have never had that uh, separation of church and state as you, you kind of have in the, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have been a Christian nation, a really Christian nation for a long time. And uh, it, it has been uh, uh, really important that people have uh, uh, desecrated the religious symbols and have drawn comics and have uh, in some ways uh, offended Christians uh, to, to get that. Uh, separation that we are approaching in Norway uh, now, and uh, to get that uh, mindset that people don't have don't have to have all the same beliefs uh, as as we tend to to approach now in Norway. Very good, so, Marius. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, so the discretion is a, is a really important uh, step on the way because uh, it, uh, it it opens up the channel. Marius, uh, um, now you had sort of a state religion there in Norway, and like correlation not being causation, there's no um, there's no uh, real reason why the desecration that's occurred in Norway, that, as you're saying, has led to uh, sort of a more secular society. Um, it could very well be the state religion that led to a secular society because people didn't have very many choices so they chose nothing it could just as easily be the state religion as it could have been any desecration that might have occurred well when you have a state religion and when you have a people that is really religious then the only choice you have is to be religious so uh we'll we'll get a a really good and nice view on that um in in the long run now in norway because uh uh, we have had a large public debate about uh, Islam and about uh, the Prophet and uh, the comics that have been drawn. So that them. happened as a and result of the comic strip. There have been there's been conversation that has occurred. Yeah, it's been a real, real good conversation. Good. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, always in favor of. I, you know, I'm an iconoclast. I like the idea of uh, of destroying ideas and, and giving people something to think about. I, of course, uh, I I wouldn't choose flag burning for my own personal activism, but but I do I do support uh, that 
I, I do support the activity. I'm glad you called tonight, Marius. Thank you for it. 800-259-9231. I'm afraid I remain unconvinced. I think that flag burning is only detrimental, not... Uh, you mean the U.S. flag, because as you admitted the other night, you did burn the U.N. flag. That's correct. Um, but I would say that... Uh, but isn't it going to anger people, Mark? That's going to anger people. What? Burning the, the U.N. flag. flag. Um, it, it's not going to anger nearly as many. And, uh, you know, I just don't see the uh, the role of the United States as legitimate in the U.N. And I don't see the role of the United States as legitimate. <laughs> Great. That's what I thought you were going to say, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi. Hey. I got some news for you. Um, yes. I just talked to Dr. Martini. She Good said that Dr. Obama Martini. signed away our Declaration of Independence two weeks ago. She did. And it says it's on the Internet. But anyway, um, well, how was it your declaration in the first place anyway? It's the Declaration of Independence. Wait a minute. Let me finish. He also signed away better. our sovereignty to the New Perfect. World Order. <laughs> what? She signed away your sovereignty to the New World Order, Mark. Well, Did you hear the news? Did. Didn't you see the press release? I think it's been gone a long time. Anyway, they're trying to keep it quiet so some of the news people know about it. Yeah, what made you think that you had any sovereignty prior to this alleged event occurring, Paula? Because we do have sovereignty. I mean, we're not a corporation. Well, I'm clearly not a corporation. I, I would agree okay, with well, you there. We are sovereign, we are sovereign over but, our own lives. But what makes you think that, uh, that, that this just now happened and it didn't happen 25 years ago? Well, they said it happened two weeks ago. They, meaning Dr. Martini. She she you know, knew about it, and anyway, she said it's on the Internet. Now, well, there's a lot of stuff on the Internet. I know, Paula, yeah, but you've she never... Yeah, it did happen. I know that you've never been on the Internet, Paula, but uh, there's a lot out there. Now, and some of it's true, anyway, and some of it's now, not. I'd like to, before we go any farther been, here, Paula... Wait a minute, she's been to some foreign countries that knew about this. This is Dr. Martini we're talking about here. I mean, yeah, everybody knows all I'm, all I'm trying to say is, you know, hey, make all the fun of Paula you want. She broke the bird, bird swine, human flu thing on she this did. show on Friday night. She was the she first, she was the first, first one I heard talking about it. You mean she broke it before the national news guy? Before I heard about it. She knew before everyone else. She well, knew before I did. She's got her fax machine, which is, yeah. you know, it's in, the, it's in the loop. She did. So go ahead, Paula. Uh, sorry. Continue. Well, all I'm saying is that two weeks ago he signed away the Declaration of Independence, and then at the G20 he turned over her sovereignty to the New World Order. Now, how does one sign away the Declaration of Independence? Don't I mean, ask you... me, but they said he did it. And matter of fact, I was told by somebody, a cousin of mine, just a few minutes ago, he said people need to start petitioning their state representatives. No, no, no. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Petition your state representatives to impeach him. Do you think that'll work, Julian? And, and also think... get rid of our, uh, get rid of our uh, senators mm-hmm. up in Washington, because they allowed this to happen. Petitioning the uh, the state senators and the... From here, from your own state, to right. have them... You know, Bring uh, us back our sovereignty. Give us back our declaration. Right. We want to not be slaves. They had gone. They've gone against their oath they took when they were in office. We know when they got in there. And you really so think that'll can, work, Paula? Huh? You really think that's going to work? Calling up and begging? Has that really worked in the past to do anything to shrink it, the government? I think we'll, if we have enough people doing it, we can get it done. Didn't they beg in the, uh, the 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 whole bailout thing? The, remember the first bailout during the Bush? Well, was it was it the bailout? Was it? Yeah, the, they begged, they begged and begged and begged and uh, didn't get anything done. In fact, they passed the bailout. I tell you what, this was all planned. Okay. Yeah, that I believe. I mean, obviously, it had to be planned in order for it to be executed, right? Thank you for the call, well, Paula. Always good hearing from you. So, what do you think, Julia? Will, will Paula's solution uh, solve the problem? Call some representatives. And... No, but. 
I got to say about Paula, she has some of the thickest skin around because every time she calls, you guys make fun of her and she just says, no, no, listen up. Here goes. She just lets it roll right off her back. What a really positive person. She I like Paula. I think she's a nice old lady. She, how do you know how old she is? She sounds, she she, when I picture Paula in my head, I picture a diner waitress. Yeah, but without the cigarette. Uh, definitely a coffee pot with she's the orange She's a very healthy, health-conscious woman. If she did smoke, yeah, she has stopped. <laughs> so, I, you put know, smoking, put holes in your brain. You know, I, I, I appreciate where Paula is coming from in that she, she has it in her heart, I think, the right yes, intentions. Absolutely true. She, she wants people to be healthy. She wants people to be free. She uh, wants the government to back off. I think that's all great. I just don't think that calling the government and asking them to stop has is going to, if the federal government, at the very least, I don't think is going to do anything at all. And I base that off, you know, off of uh, experience, having seeing them grow and grow and grow, no matter how many phone calls they get from people. I don't seem to much care about what you think. It's Free Talk Live. Live, it's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away. You can enjoy those free over at freetalklive.com, including the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. W-I-K-I. Wiki.freetalklive.com. Are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? If you knew thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active for freedom, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Let's talk to Michael in Kentucky. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, just super. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I'm just calling to ask if anyone corrected the guy that called from Louisiana about open carry. I'm uh, not sure. Corrected in what manner? Well, uh, it, people don't realize that open carry is pretty much the regular regularity as far as the laws are concerned throughout the states. Uh, Wait, you're saying open carry is legal throughout America? Most of America, yeah. I, I, if you go to the website opencarry.org, they have a map, and it the map shows clearly that there's only six states that outright forbid the, the practice of open carry. Well, okay, while that may be true, there are certainly some state government people that are friendlier toward the idea than others. Uh, we had somebody call in, and I forget what state he was from, but he basically had told the story that the police are under orders to stop anybody that is open carrying a firearm, put them down on the ground. That was a, sto- a blog story, and that was uh, Minnesota. Take the firearm away from yes. them. Or... The Keep one. them on the ground, run the check that they need to check, and then if everything clears, then give them the firearm back. And that's in a state where open carry is supposedly legal as well. So, um, well, actually, that's, that was Wisconsin, uh-huh. and that that was only as a result from a, the attorney general had to make a correction because a man was arrested on his own property. That's what Mark's talking about, hmm. and he was they had to drop the charges against them because their own Supreme Court they don't have concealed carry in Wisconsin. So the only way they can carry legally is open carry. Hmm. And so it was the Milwaukee uh, police chief that was very angry about that. And that he, he made that statement. But um, you're saying that he has been overruled at this point? Well, I mean, it, it was always the it was always the law. 
and always the understanding that you could openly carry. You know, um, it just, it's it's also true that you can carry long guns in most places openly. Right. And I think that if you walk around with a long gun in your hands, there's a good chance you're going to end up in a dying in a hail of bullets. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so there's a there's a difference between what the law is and then what mm-hmm. like real life is going to be like. And I'm I'm for open carrying. I think that uh, people need to defend defend their rights where they have them. But I think we lost that one a while ago. Well, I mean, it's coming back. If, if you go, that's where I started my activism. As far as I started getting interested in carrying a firearm after Virginia Tech, and mm-hmm. I ended up on OpenCarry.org and. The movement was getting underway, getting people used to the idea, and then I found out that you can't open carry in Florida. Um, and that's one of the six states you can't open carry at all. Interesting. But uh, people have uh, been winning court cases uh, in Virginia. This one man has won settlement money against uh, a city because they keep arresting him illegally. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, it is changing. Uh, that's how they got their concealed carry in Ohio. They did open carry walks. Oh, that's great. You know, that's what it really takes, and it goes to it goes yep. to show evidence that if you want to be free, you have to act like it. You have to stop begging permission. You have to start going out there and being free people and not apologizing for it. And I think eventually if enough people start doing that, as you're pointing out with the uh, the open carry walks, then there's nothing they can do about it. I mean, there are 40 people out today to show support for Andrew Carroll uh, for doing his marijuana civil disobedience. But if there were 40 people that had done the disobedience with Andrew Carroll, that would have changed the whole game. I just I wanted to bring that up because a lot of people in the forums they mention that when they do their concealed carry training, the, the trainers uh, will try to discourage or even go as far as saying it's illegal to open carry because you know they make money they make right. money off of that training, the license and all that. So they're they're just lying to people then. Yeah, and, and the police lie too. <laughs> no, they're trained to lie, actually, but you're absolutely right. right about that. Great call tonight, dude. Thank you for making it. You know, um, I was, uh, I was doing an, inter- I was do- doing a radio show with a couple of uh, one uh, ex police officer, one police officer. The guy met the gentleman today. He was a Lieutenant Sturdy here at the King uh, Keen Police Department. And you know, one thing that he said was that's his nickname, by the way, Sturdy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one thing that he had said is that. He, you know about uh, Jesse carrying his AK-47. Was it an AK-47? No, it was just it was a rifle. It was an Uzi. He was car- well. It, he was carrying a rifle uh, one day, and then another day he was carrying like a Mac nine or something. Somehow, like either if his wife was there, she would have felt threatened, or she felt threatened, or something like that. Some terminology about feeling threatened. And mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have a great comeback for it at the time. This was off air um, f- for him. But I, you know, there's a difference between somebody because open carrying makes people feel threatened. Many people who you know, just aren't around guns on a very regular yeah. basis. Some people are taught that guns are terrible. They jump up, they kill people. Um, you know, that's kind of how they're... That's what I was taught. Yeah, pretty much how they're viewed. But So they feel threatened by the gun. However, feeling threatened and being threatened two are different two things. entirely different things. I can feel threatened if I'm... Uh, you, know, I, you know, in a room full of black people. I can choose that. Should we outlaw black people? No, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. So somebody, It's all going on in your head. Right. Feeling threatened is what's happening in your head. But if Being threatened is an act by the other person. Right. If there's somebody who's carrying a weapon in a, uh, an unsafe manner, then I think you do have a legitimate claim to actually being threatened. Uh, for instance, uh, there have been some instances where 
some tips have been given to uh, certain individuals who have been carrying firearms in less than a, a desirable manner. And those individuals took those tips uh, seriously and, and adjusted their, their method of, uh, of carry as a result of that. And I think it's important to communicate to somebody, especially if they've got a firearm and they're not carrying it safely. It's important to say something to them. I mean, yeah, most people you know, in a social situation may not want to bring something like that up because it might be uncomfortable. But it'll be a hell of a lot less uncomfortable than having a bullet in between somebody's ribs or something like that. So, yeah, that's not good. So if you ever see somebody carrying a firearm incorrectly and you know the person, I don't think there's anything wrong with gently you know, ex- explaining to them, you know, saying, well, thank you for – I appreciate that you're carrying the, the firearm and it, thanks for helping keep people safe. However, I, I'd like to point out that I've, I actually feel somewhat endangered by the way that you're carrying this right. and try to be as cordial about it as possible. And if not, if they don't change the way they, uh, they are behaving, then you should probably ostracize them. On that, that same radio show, a uh, Keen City Council person called in, and I don't know who it was. but This uh, is where you were co-hosting. Yeah, this is on, I was co-hosting on uh, TalkBack, uh, another show here locally. And – she basically said that uh, the people that were open carrying in the uh, the city, uh, they, they, people had come in and, you know, in the city council meeting open carrying, which is completely legal here in uh, Key, New Hampshire, were threatening them. Mm. Now, she went one step further for saying she felt threatened to, in fact, stating that her feeling threatened was a fact. I think that's interesting that the politician would be feeling threatened by the guns in the room. Right. Well, <laughs> it, uh, and the other th- sort of uh, thought on that is, is uh, what's the, what's the uh, famous Thomas Jefferson saying is uh, when people when the government fears uh, fear the people, you have liberty. When people fear the government, you have tyranny. Oh, good. The government's fearing the people. Yeah, it's good news, right? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. How about this, city councilor lady? You put down your guns, and we'll put down ours. That would be fair, wouldn't it? If they stop using force on people, they start. Well, they stop there's no people. guns when it's the law. Ian. Mm, the that's law. true. They're invisible. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The law changes everything. Murder's no longer murder. Theft is no longer theft. As long as you write it down on paper. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They are yours free, going back for an entire year right there on the front page of the website, freetalklive.com. To the amp lines, let's talk to Dustin in California. Dustin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah, um, I work in uh, corporate broadcast out here, and it's kind of times are a little tough, and I'm wasn't feeling real good about working in in uh, the corporate world of broadcasting. It's a little dirty to me, but um, they they fly under this this flag of overserving oh, the public and all that. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I was actually proud to work in this industry. Hmm. What's going on? I actually overheard. Now, I should preface this: this is the Spanish market radio, which happens to be the number one station in L.A. I believe it. Um, now, you would never hear this on an English station. I've never heard it. People call in and report on checkpoints, whether <laughs> it's DUI, driver's license, insurance. So I happen to be next to the phone screener, 
and he was talking about it, and I asked him about it. Apparently, it's a regular thing. Wow. People call in when they see a checkpoint to warn everyone. That's now, that's awesome. serving the public. I was just thrilled to hear this. And this is happening about 40 miles east of Los Angeles. It's about 75 miles north of the Mexican border. So it's not like we're down in, you know, Chula Vista or Mexicali area. This is east of L.A. But nonetheless, the Inland pe- Empire? Yeah, Inland Empire. Exactly. People are coming together and they're using technology, uh, in this case, cell phones calling into a radio station where the information is rebroadcast over, as you're saying, it's a number one station. Uh, that's that's a tremendous, you're right, that's a tremendous service. It reminds me of the Porcupine 411 system, except even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, out here in New Hampshire, one of the activists, I mean, you know this, but for those who's tuning in, uh, one of the activists, the liberty-loving activists out here has set up a system where you can dial a phone number and it connects you to voicemail. You leave a voice message. That message is then blasted out to anybody who's chosen to receive those messages. So it's kind of a similar system, except without the radio transmitting device, which can obviously uh, reach a whole lot more people uh, in, a, in a short period of time. So yeah. uh, what a great idea. Time. Right. Drive time Friday afternoon, letting people know, hey, don't go that way or you might not make it to your destination. And these are people with an incentive to help each other out because they're undocumented. And you know, they, it could it could absolutely ruin their life to go down that road. And and I, I, I challenge uh, English speaking white folks to call into their local talker and and see if if a checkpoint makes it on the air. Uh, yeah, it, you could make it on the air on this show maybe, but then again, it's not really a local thing, so it wouldn't right, be too right. effective. Uh, but you're right. I mean, how many of those conserva clone talk show hosts are going to take calls like that? Yeah, well, we need to protect our borders. Even the progressive guys. I wonder if the progressives would even take a call like that. I wonder right. about that. I doubt it. All right, well, that's it, guys. I Thanks for sharing that, dude. Really appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I think that uh, radio trans... Uh, I know some people write off radio, right? There are these people that are new into new technology, and radio is so old, you know, old school. And, uh, I'm kind of one of those people. The Internet is where it's at, and I'm sorry... The radio radio is still a viable technology. It is still a useful technology. And I'll give you an example of uh, of just how today radio came in handy. It was well. I think more than useful or viable, it's it's relevant. It, people people have them in their cars and they're sure. using them. Ninety plus percent of the American population listens to the radio at least sometime during the week. That mean, that's a pretty there's powerful tremendous, medium. There's a tremendous amount of users out there for radio, but I didn't mean radio uh, from a broadcast perspective in general. I just mean the, the device of radio, the idea of radio transmissions. Now, of course, you know that Wi-Fi is radio, right? I mean, it's over the, the airwaves, so that's radio transmissions. Cell phones are using radio frequency transmissions to get, their, uh, to get your phone call out. But today, when we were doing the activism this afternoon at the Keene District Court... We had uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com had a plan to station activists at the different uh, the different exits to the building because last time when the mass arrests happened we weren't sure if they were going to go out the back or they were going to go out the front they ended up going out the front I think taking one guy out the back so the idea was since we have so many activists now well let's not have everybody just go into the courtroom let's have somebody stationed out back and let's have somebody stationed out front and somebody in the you know the inside the lobby the building. And he said, well, let's trade phone numbers, and then if something happens, you can call me. And I suggested, well, wait a minute. Let's go old tech here. 
Let's bring radio into the picture because uh, two-way radios would be a whole lot more useful for a situation like that. If you've got multiple, you're even shrugging your shoulders at this, Mark. You're, you're I, I don't, I'm not saying they're not useful. I just don't know where this fits into the conversation you're, of radio. I'm talking about how radio is useful even today. Because everybody thinks that all the new technology is the way to go, but uh, radio is very useful in that you ha- we had uh, activists stationed at different places. They all had little two-way family radio service radios with them. And so if somebody comes out that back door with a prisoner and you need to get that message out to other people, what's most effective? Picking up your cell phone, hunting for a phone number, hitting dial, waiting for it to ring, waiting for the other guy to pick up the the other line, then relaying the message, and then One having time. and then having to make another cell phone call and or have him make a call. That's a really uh, arduous process compared to just lifting up your two-way radio, clicking the uh, the push to talk key, and agreed, getting it's, the message out. Um, you know, your two-way radio is the best tool for that particular job. I just don't know that people. You know, I mean, it, that is not a radio in people's minds. It's not the same thing. It's not a radio in people's minds? I don't understand. It's, it's a radio. Okay. It's, okay. It's, I'm it's talking not playing about rock how, and roll music. What? It's not playing rock and roll music. Right. I'm not necessarily talking about broadcast radio, though that's certainly a viable uh, option as well. In but fact, as you said, Wi-Fis and um, you know, a, 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 a plethora of uh, instruments that we use on a daily basis use radio waves. Yes. New tech is, uh, is a lot of it's based on radio. But I was just saying that even older technology style radio like that is still useful. In fact, uh, broadcast radio is, uh, I think, can be very useful for activism as well. But it requires uh, broadcast radio requires people to actually break the law in order to use it. And uh, what I mean is pirate radio, of course. And here's just an idea. Here's one that uh, that some folks have been kicking around up here in the Keene area. You know, talking about, uh, Dustin was talking about how people have been calling their local talk station in Los Angeles to report checkpoints. Well, you could do something similar uh, to that in your local area. You could set up your own radio station if you wanted to, and air, you could air all kinds of content on there, whatever you wanted to do. But one idea that I really think is cool is to take the police department scanner feed and put that on the air as an FM channel. Now, how cool would that be? I think it's a pretty good idea. That's a community service right there, letting folks know what the police are doing, what they're up to, especially in areas where the police are dangerous, where you've got the, the police that are going out hurting people, of course... They might hurt you if they find out you're operating that radio transmitter. Uh, but nonetheless, nobody ever said this would uh, would be risk-free. This whole activism thing, this standing up for liberty, will will uh, will not be a risk-free occasion. And so, get yourself a scanner, plug it into a computer, put it up, or, or you could just get a scanner, plug it right into a transmitter, or you could plug it into a computer, transmit the feed over the internet, pick it up at the transmitter site, and then rebroadcast it. And I think a lot of people would appreciate that. Imagine being able to drive around town, and instead of listening to uh, music or a talk station, you could actually hit a button and instantaneously hear what the cops are talking about. I think, it'd be pretty I think cool. it's valuable. Yeah, but but it requires people taking a little bit of risk. Yep. Could be a payoff, though. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line here. Let's continue with your calls and talk to Joe in North Carolina. Joe? Can Joe? you hear me? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hi. Um, speaking of activism, where we can use our numbers in an effective way, in an urgent way, uh, the senators, the U.S. senators, they are probably um, the, you know, one of the smallest, most powerful groups of elected officials in this country, and yet have a high proportion, perhaps the highest, of, of publicly treacherous, tra- traitorous uh, officials who are 
violating the interests of our country and violating the interests of our states. Right. We need to, some of them are more obviously, overtly, historically uh, traitorous. I want to find out what your proposal is. It sounds to me like you've got a proposal, you've got an idea to deal with this situation because it's been that way for a long time. I'm not sure what it is you're going to throw out there, but I want to find out. So we'll bring you back in moments. More with Joe and your calls as well. If you want to dial in, you can bring up anything. That's the point of the show. So why we call it Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Talk Live, it's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line joining you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on as many radio stations as we can possibly do, and bringing more Internet listeners on board as well. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com and join up, amp.freetalklive.com. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood, and I looked down as far as I could to where it bent into the, under, into the undergrowth, then took the other, just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for the passing there, had warned them really about the same, and both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. We continue with your phone calls. Joe is in North Carolina, and you're back on Free Talk Live. Now, Joe, you were pointing out, and correctly so, that the U.S. government people are just a bunch of corrupt scumbags, and you sounded like you might have a plan to uh, do something about that. Well, especially the Senate, and they've been the weakness ever since they went to popular vote of senators. Now, all you have to do is list, get a list of... Uh, unconstitutional, anti-constitutional grievances against the senators. There's obvious ones, voting for the Military Commission Act, voting for the Patriot Act, voting for the stimulus package, uh, voting for the bailout, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, failure to, uh, you know, stop uh, what Obama's been doing or the uh, executive branch. You know, so get these issues sorted out, figure out which senators voted on these bills the wrong way, people who were pro-amnesty, you know, and have them in closing the borders, you name it. Wait, you want to close the borders? Um, they want to have, give amnesty to the illegal aliens, especially the felons. Now, what if I told you that, uh, in fact, uh, the immigration laws that we have in the United States are unconstitutional? Would you change your opinion? Uh, the Constitution gives Congress the power to regulate immigration. We have laws... Not in the no, original 13 states, it doesn't. Not after 1812 or something like that. Okay, then leave that one out, please. We'll okay. continue on. They're traitors nonetheless. Oh, um, yes. Now, so you get your issues lined up on the senators for each state, and who is it that is supposed to be pulling traitorous senators out of the Senate? That should be the state legislatures, because they're the ones who used to put them there and take them out. Yeah, I guess that they makes sense. Put, they don't put them there, but no one said that they couldn't take them back out. Hmm. So we write petitions in each state to the senators, and to the state legislatures that are that are over them, and then 
you know, because that's both groups, as well as the attorney generals and any other officials of the state that you want to send them to, perhaps the media, get a real movement going in each state for each particular senator and say that we want this senator recalled for the following anti-constitutional uh, actions, and uh, we want it done now. You know, I have to say, you, you, you surprised me. Uh, I didn't expect that. I, I think it's a great. I, I think it's a pretty darn good idea. I don't think yeah. that. I think you're going to have one heck of a time getting these state legislators on board with it. But man, I, I'm not. I'm not unimpressed. It's a, it's a unique approach. It's one I don't think I've ever heard before. I'm so used to having people just say the same old. Oh, we need to run somebody new and take them out, and you know, go run a, take our candidate and take them to the uh, the the White House or take them to Washington D.C. And you so use that pressure. You do. You 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 tell the Senator, I'm, we're going to run people against you. You tell the state legislature, if you don't do, recall this guy, we're going to run people against you. You do use that pressure, but you make it an activist about the issues, especially the urgent ones that are tearing the fabric of the country apart, that are assaulting the states. What about the uh, real ID? That's an assault on the states. Sure is. What about the military, the uh, John Warner Defense Authorization right. Act is an assault on the governor's uh, authority? Question, Joe. I mean, I, I think it's a unique position. However, I'm pretty jaded against using the system uh, to try to change the system. But let's talk about the system and, and using it and, and maybe a different option that if you're going to be able to get people all riled up and get them active to do something like this, because what you're talking about is going to require a fairly decent amount of effort from a fairly large amount of people. And if you can get that amount of people that jazzed up in order to do the things you're suggesting, why not just go all the way and start advocating that uh, the states just secede? I mean, then you won't have any problems with senators anymore as far as the national level because yeah, it'll be your own country. Might be an idea. Well, I mean, for one, I don't know the mechanism for declaring secession without the cooperation of the state legislature. So, well, you need the, the legislature to, to get their intention. Well, but you would need the legislature to, to pull that senator as well. So you'd be exactly. getting the legislature to secede instead of just play games with Washington D.C. Realize that what was the success of Ron Paul? It was there was an issue around which to focus. There was a race around which to focus people's anger about the situation and to give them something to do. This would be a mobilizing effect across the country on a consistent set of activist principles, which would, one, jolt hopefully the senators and the state legislatures into attention, and it can be used as a springboard for whatever other state sovereignty issues you have in mind. Thank you for the call tonight, Joe. I appreciate it. I think that if somebody goes ahead and runs with that idea, you'll see a variety of levels of success. I think it'll be mostly failure. Uh, but in states like New Hampshire, for instance, it might actually have a shot at uh, being successful because when you're dealing with New, when you're in a place like New Hampshire, the, the congressional districts within the state are so small that they actually do have to listen to what you have to say. Whereas if you're in California, where there are far, far, far many uh, more constituents for each senator slash uh, representative in the state, they just don't care as much about you there. I mean, in in New Hampshire, the state representatives don't have staffs. It's their family well, that answers the phone. He's not actually talking them. about uh, dealing with the uh, likely the state representatives. He's he's not. I thought he was saying that the state legislature has control over both, the senator and that you have to lobby them. them to. But when you're thinking about it, um, you know, like you can't use the party two party politics to make it work. And I'm not saying this is a bad idea. I think it's I'm all for unique ideas because <laughs> um, I'm tired of the same old ones. That's for sure because they're not working. Um, but you know, a senator is going to be elected statewide, uh, both mm -hmm. in both cases. So, 
And a statewide a U.S. Race, senator, yeah. A U.S. senator is going to be elected um, statewide um, from, you know, in, inside that state. So you're going to have whatever majority, you know, whether it's red red or blue um, in that particular state is, you know, going to be what that, that uh, senator is. So there's going to be more of that senator's party in the state legislatures, be it Senate or uh, the House of Representatives. And I don't think you're going to likely get too many of the state legislators or state senators to vote outside of their um, outside of their party. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're not going to go after one of their own. Right. So the Democrats aren't going to go after the Democrat senator. Um, and only the Republicans will. I think you could really get the Republicans rabid for it. But, um, you know, so it's like the way it's set up, it, it's going to have some difficulty. I'm not saying it's uh, it's a bad idea, but if you can get that kind of, uh, you know, that, that you know people that excited about an issue like pulling back a senator, it seems like you get them excited about secession. I don't know. Maybe. That's what I would think. Uh, I, of course, I always want to strike at the root, right? I, I just feel like you're changing one senator out and replacing with another senator – What's it going to do? I mean, even if you're successful in one state at getting that to happen, let's say New Hampshire and Vermont manage to pull it off and they yank the current senator out and replace him with somebody else. Well, how is that going to do anything significant to uh, Washington, D.C.? Nothing's going to change. And then the thing that uh, Vermont and New Hampshire have done to themselves is they've taken likely a more powerful senator and trade, traded them for a less powerful senator. So they're going to get less for back for their state, and a lot of people do care about that kind of thing. Oh well, we gotta get more bridge highway money or whatever. So well, if it's all about the money, then they should be in favor of secession because then you get to keep the money instead of sending it to the federal government in the first place. It's an idea. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I feel like if you replace a, a senator this time, that doesn't mean that the old, more powerful senator isn't going to try to get back in uh, full force next race. I mean. I, it seems like even if you can manage to get somebody out, mm-hmm. the, the, the politicals, this is their life, and they really like what they do, and they're not going to give up very easily. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even here in the local races, there's the one senator, the state senator, that's been ejected, and he keeps running. Yeah. He keeps wanting to get back He's in be there. Back. So, yeah, I think you're right about that, Julia. That's just why I'm so jaded against the whole political system. I mean, it's really seen... hard not to be if you've participated in it at yeah. all. And I feel like it's so much better in New Hampshire than it is, say, in Florida, where I come from. But That's not saying much. No, it's not saying much. And if you really try to participate, you just tend, in my experience, people tend to get burned out really easily. And you very you got quickly, burned real quick. Oh, yeah. Running for city council was like the worst thing I ever did. <laughs> it was a very traumatizing experience. But you just realize what a facade it really is. It's a joke. You nailed it. That's why I'm all about the secession thing. It's, it's hard enough to deal with politics on a state level. But to think you can have an effect on the power-hungry sickos in Washington, D.C., let me know when you work it out, man. Let me know when you have some success. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. These are challenging times. Inflation, job security, political and financial uncertainty affect us all. Now more than ever, it's important to review your life insurance needs should something happen to you. Experts agree. Most families should have life insurance protection of 10 times their income. The great news is life insurance rates have never been this low. When you call Termco, Gil Edwards will tell you how affordable term life insurance can be. Gil specializes in saving people money on top-rated term life insurance. 
Find out if you're paying too much or if you don't have enough. Ask about the new return of premium plans, which return your entire premium back to you after 20 or 30 years, tax-free, guaranteed. Your family's protected either way. Get the best coverage with Termco at the lowest possible rate. Call Termco for a free no-obligation quote. Call 800-493-7712. 800-493-7712. That's 800-493-7712.